welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. It is your boy Samuel. I am back. Like I said, I would be for the playoffs. We are trying to be consistent over here. I know during the regular season, you know, I had a lot of life events come up that, you know, kind of like made it hard for me to be consistent. But, you know, playoffs, I made the I made the goal that I want to be consistent. And I told you all that last episode. Um, this episode, I got with me my guy, Sway, a.k.a. Ryan. Say what's up to the people. What's up? What's up? What's up? Back again on another episode of the podcast. Yep, we are recording this right now. We are in the middle of Bucks Bulls round one, game one. Um, it has actually turned into a very interesting game, and we'll probably get into that very soon. But this is gonna be sort of like a sort of a playoff preview. It's kind of a late playoff preview because we're already started the first round. But you know, a lot of things can change. So, um, I do actually want to start things off with um the play in yes how'd you feel about those um those first couple those those playing games well uh i mean of course uh just my takes on it i um for the plan i definitely clearly one take one thing that i got was uh the timberwolves clearly won the nba championship uh after that playing game (laughs) uh (laughs) respectfully uh another thing a lamello ball two years in a row Gets to the play in as a ninth or tenth seed, and gets blown out. Um, you know when you look when you start looking at other players, other young players in the league. By their second, third year, they start making some headway, getting into the playoffs, solidified. You had your chance two years in a row, and you got blown out in sad fashion. Uh, yeah, that was just my takeaways in terms of the teams that won. You know, congrats to the Timberwolves, congrats to the Hawks. Uh, um, congrats to the Pelicans. Brooklyn. Yeah, Pelicans, you know what I'm Next. saying? Uh sad to say that PG had that uh that high. Talk COVID about like awful timing. Yeah, very also awful timing, bro. That, it kind of caught me off guard. I was picking the Pelicans anyway. You know, I had that as my pick anyway. But just to see that Paul George wasn't gonna be there after fighting so hard to come back during the season, it it, it was just like damn. But other than that, I just feel like LaMelo gotta get his stuff together going into his third year and uh the Timberwolves showed their lack of experience as a team after that playing win against the Clippers that first time. So, uh, yeah, that's my takeaways from the playing. Yeah, I thought um, I feel like the plan is probably one of the few successes of Adam Silver's tenure as commissioner. Like it's made like like first of all, it's like it has this like March madness feel to it. Cause it's like one game elimination, especially if you're, especially those last two games on, um, on, um, on that Friday, it was mm-hmm. those games really had like a March madness do or die feel. And like, it's good to have like that feeling. Cause like, it was great to see the environment in Cleveland. I mean, we haven't seen a Cleveland playoff um, environment since like 2018 with LeBron. So, Thanks. It, it it was nice to see like Cleveland be able to have that just even if it was just for one game and to like see how their team was able to compete with Atlanta for the most part. Um, I mean, Darius Garland, he really struggled in that game. Um, and Jerry Allen, even though he did provide like some some like interior presence, it still wasn't enough. Um 
because I mean, when you have Trey Young going off for like thirty points in the second half, I mean, there's nothing, there's not much else you could do. I mean, they could have took Karis LeVert off of Trey Young because I I just honestly felt like that was a bad matchup. Like that was a, that was just a terrible matchup. And like Karis LeVert was just like a negative on both ends of the court in that game too. Like he just wasn't doing anything well. Um, and a lot of people on Twitter, on my Twitter feed, they were pointing out how like this is where like a Colin Sexton type of guard is really missed because like he's a type of guard that you kind of just like give it to them and you like yo go get a bucket. And like we saw that in those games against the Nets in the regular season last year when it was like Colin Sexton taking on the Nets big three by himself basically. Facts, yeah. And so he's he's showing you he's that type of guard that could get you buckets in 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 waves in ways that the Cavs needed. So I know I feel like last year or this year, like a lot of people are like, you know, they're probably gonna trade Con Sexton because like they feel like um they feel like um Garland is their main guard to go to and then they trade they just traded for Karis Levert. So yeah. it's like what do you do there? But I think these play th- that play in kind of like showed them that they do need a guard like Sexton still in those type of scenarios because he can go get you a bucket when you need it like the other guys on that team can't. Exactly. And kind of somebody that isn't afraid of the likes. We know Colin Sexton for somebody as somebody that just go gets what he wants. He isn't really afraid of anybody. So mm-hmm. he somebody like that would have definitely been uh key in that situation. But you know, Cleveland they, it, it it was a disappointing season in the fact that how quickly they fell off from four all the way down to a play-in scenario when by all-star break, they were legit fourth seed in the East. So, you know, it's kind of that part of it, but it, it still was a good year, especially with all the guys that they have. Now they just have to figure out which ones you're going to keep, which ones you're going to let go or trade off. And, you know, eh, that's how that's just how I'm looking at Cleveland. I wasn't really too surprised. I was just kind of surprised that they actually fell down all the way but injuries hit them at the wrong time like they just like started getting all hurt at the wrong time yeah, like injuries is the tale of this season everybody wanted to make sure everybody wasn't injured but everybody on every team at some point got hurt so that was kind of the opposite of what any nba fan wanted to see this season everybody got hurt so but yeah for them it definitely hit them hard so can't really complain but i mean these are young guys so but Atlanta did what they had to do, even though they shouldn't be in the position they are. But they did what they had to do. Everybody else in the play-in was more so the winners. You can tell that they were just they just wanted it. They were the better squad at that point when they got their Ws. So yeah, and um, on the West side of things, I mean, um, you have the Timberwolves who, like Anthony Edwards, showed he is not afraid of the bright lights. Not um, at all. And he showed that in game one as well, which we'll get into soon. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just showed he wasn't afraid of the bright lights. Him and D'Angelo Russell, they really put together a really solid performance in that game. And, you know, it was nice to see a playoff atmosphere in Minnesota. We haven't really seen a playoff atmosphere in Minnesota since 2017-18, I believe it was. One of those years. That year that they had Jimmy Butler. Um Facts. And yeah, I mean, I mean, they showed it. They showed in game one against Memphis that like it wasn't a fluke. Like they they are meant to be here, and they had a pretty good season too. I mean, 
they were far and ahead above the rest of the teams that were in the plan for the West. Like they had a way better, they have, a, they had a better record than the Clippers and the, and the Pelicans and the Spurs. And to me, I mean, even though they got through the plan, they shouldn't have even been there to begin with because they just had that much of a better record. And that's where I think the plan needs a little tweak where like you, um, if you are a certain, like there has to be a certain amount of games that you are within for, mm, I see your the, point. for you to be in the plan, basically. But at, the, but at the same time, though, the reason for the plan is to also prove to the NBA, the league, the the person in front of you, that you deserve to be there over the other. Honestly, record can say records can say one thing, but we all know in a regular season, some games are decided because of other things, and some games don't go your way because of other things. So everybody would could say, oh, these four games technically are supposed to be W's for us, or these other games could have easily been losses. So in terms of that. As a rebuttal to that statement, I would just say, if you're good enough to believe you don't need to be in a plan, then show us why you shouldn't be in a plan. Like Brooklyn quickly marched up in Cleveland and said, "All right, yeah, this is we're not a playing team. Let's get let's get this over with." One, two, three. Even though Cleveland made a little run towards the end of the game, it we all knew throughout from the start to finish, Brooklyn was like, "Okay, yeah, this is this might be over quick." So, you know. In terms of that, you just got to prove yourself. If you're that good of a team, this should be easy for you. That 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 play-in matchup should be easy. But then you'll get, you know, certain matches that might be, you know, might not be to your favor just because they just don't match up right. But if you're a playoff team, you're a playoff team. Show it. Yeah, that's the other side of things. But I, I do feel like there should be a different, like, there should be a level of, like, because, like, the, the, the Timberwolves, they were, like, I don't know, like five or six games ahead of like the rest of the dudes. So it was like playing that playing game. Yeah, they proved that they that they were able to get through it. But like in the case of like the Clippers, where like an injury or not even an injury, but like the COVID hit them at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. It's just like. It sucks, and I mean, they still had a chance to win, too, so it's like, but they were, like, far and ahead of the other teams behind them as well, too, so I do think that there should be, um, like, there should be, like, at least, like, a, like, you should be at least within, like, three games of the team, um, behind you for there to be a playing game, because, like, I feel like in the East, it made sense because all the teams, they were bunched up together and they had very close records. In the West, it didn't make sense because the 7 and the 8 seed were clearly better than the ninth and the 10th seed. But well, what because about- of COVID, it allowed the 8 seed to, to lose out in that situation. Quick thing, though, uh, before we move on. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of that, though, so what would you do, though? So, like, let's say the eight to nine or nine to 10 is separated by like seven, eight games. Are you saying the playing scenario should won't happen on that side of the bracket just because it's. Yeah. Huh? That's interesting. Cause I don't know. I don't know if you could just, I mean, it makes, it makes sense, but I don't know if the NBA would go for something like one conference has a plane and one doesn't scheduling scheduling wouldn't be too bad because it's less games and, flights to worry about and people to you know but 
I don't know. I feel like it would have to happen on both sides for it to keep being a thing. But that you do bring up an interesting point. Like if you're just if you're just that much better than the other team by record, then there's no playing for that specific seeds. Then, I mean, that's controversial. I'll tell you that much. It is, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so yeah, I mean, from the plan, we got the Pelicans making the ten, uh, making the eight seed. Um, I mean, talk about a turnaround for their season. How they started off the season like one and thirteen or whatever it was, and to now be in the playoffs. Um. I mean, that's a kudos to Willie Green and a kudos to the team for never like really giving up and continuing to buy into the system. Um, and yeah, we got the Timberwolves being the seventh seed. I mean, they stay the seventh seed. Um, on the east side of things, we get um, the Nets. They beat Cleveland in that first game um, um, to become the seventh seed. And then the eighth seed was the Hawks after beating Cleveland in Cleveland. So now we have the playoff field set. And I mean, yesterday's games, game ones were, I want to say, kind of underwhelming. Hmm. The first game was um, Utah Mavericks, and it was it got a, it, it was a pretty nasty start, especially for Donovan Mitchell. And you know, Sorry. those afternoon games they're always tricky, and I think that's why they always they set a certain team at that time frame because they know that game is going to be nasty. I mean, you saw it again today at the one o'clock game. The one o'clock games are just never gonna get you going for the playoffs. Um, so the Jazz they win that game, but it's like it was a really close game. Um, and and you know the Mavs they're without Luca, so you know that's always a thing that you're gonna Sorry, have to consider. Um, and he really got injured at the wrong time because like the Mavericks were really like flowing, they were really rolling. And yeah. for them, and and for them to get that injury at this time, it just sucks for them. Um, how'd you, how'd you feel about that game, real quick? Well, that game. Well, just to start it off, that game. Of course, the only thing that was missing was Luka Doncic. Honestly, something tells me if Luka was playing in this game, Dallas probably would have won a little bit easy. But uh, something I don't know. It's something about the Utah Jazz. I guess this is my fake gripe with Rudy Gobert that, you know, my other, my, you know, my guys on my podcast be telling me how I, I hate, I be hating on Rudy Gobert or whatever. But <laughs> when I look at the jazz, bro, it just, this without, if you're struggling to beat the Mavs without Luka Doncic, I feel like that's legit a problem. So, uh, because it's really Luka or nothing over there. Granted, I like Jalen Brunson. I like Spencer Dinwiddie, but you know, I don't like how he they're actually struggling to like get games in. I know it's only one. I actually have that game, that series going. Uh, look, sorry, I actually should have remembered how. It, I actually have that series going seven, but based on what I saw on Mon that first game, I don't like how Utah kind of struggled that much. And you know they're supposed to be good defensively, and they didn't look as good. You know, even though it's a 99-93 game, it's still a little bit high scoring, but I just didn't like how they looked in that first showing. Granted, W's are W's in the playoffs, so you got to count them up anyway. Yeah, but I just I just didn't like how Utah looked as a whole, and and I'm looking at it as if Luka was there, this might have been a way different, you know, different narrative for game one. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I, I, even, even without Luke, I still feel like the Mavs can like win this series somehow. Yeah, that's um, crazy. I do just because I just don't, I just don't like Utah. Like you said, they just don't look like a. You didn't, you didn't like the way they looked, and I haven't liked the way they look since the end of the regular season. I mean, they've lost so many leads in games, and granted, they were to like playoff teams or at least like playoff caliber teams. But like, still, it's just like the way that they look to close the re- the end of the regular season was just very discouraging for me coming into the playoffs, and it's just a team I don't have any trust in. Come crunch time, I mean, there's there's that stat that's been floating around of like Donovan Mitchell averages like two point four passes a game to Rudy not even assists passes a game to Rudy Gobert and I mean the team in general just doesn't look for him down low um it's funny how you bring that up mm -hmm. because on my podcast I didn't drop this part of the episode yet but we were I had did a recently um it's gonna drop soon but basically it was a we was talking all NBAs and after we did the all NBA third team we were talking about big men and my Cole my, my guy he's like yo you know, Sway's a hater about Rudy Gobert, but you know, you could you could make a case for him to be on an all NBA team. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, I don't hate on the guy. I just feel like in certain situations, compared to premier big men, I don't think he should be getting the light that everybody, you know, the praise that he usually gets is a little bit overdrawn. And then he, you know, we keep going, but to cut the long story short, I basically was like, yo. If you believe Rudy Gobert is a premier big man, look at all the other premier big men in the league. Carl Anthony Towns, um, what you call it, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. Yeah, Giannis, and we wasn't think we wasn't thinking Giannis is a big man, but we was thinking like centers. You feel me? But um DeAndre Ayton, all of those guys, you can't like you can't take them out the game and literally look at yourself as a coach or a team and think, I'm still okay. You get what I'm saying? Like Rudy Gobert becomes unplayable sometimes down the stretch, regular season or playoff. If he's switched out on the perimeter, like most NBA teams do defensively, they switch everything and he's put on a guard. Unless the guard settles for a jump shot, the guard is going right past him. And then now you got to rotate and then that leaves holes in your defense. So and then offensively, if he's not getting a lob, I don't know what, what you're doing with him on the court. So. It's it's stuff like that. We kind of got into a heated discussion because they're like, oh, he does his job anyway. And I get it, bro. But in, in today's NBA, Rudy Gobert is not somebody that's consistently playable and dependable. So, well, to counter that, I would say that he's tasked with doing too much. He has to cover up so much of the Jazz's holes on defense because they don't have any good perimeter defenders. Like I mean, they used they, to. I mean, yeah, you, you could they say never that. really, they never really had good perimeter defenders. Like they've been having Royce O'Neal play power forward, and he's like six foot four. They had like Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. I mean, those guys aren't really great perimeter defenders. And once their man gets past those guys, Rudy has to clean up for all of their mistakes. Facts that clean up. He has like to do a interior, lot. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Him and the interior, I get it. Interior lockdown. I don't, I don't. I ain't talking about all that. I'm talking about the facets of the game where we know because of the way the new NBA goes, he can't keep up with everybody else on the court, and also just offensively, 
he's not a big that actually changed his ways of playing basketball and started shooting threes like a Brook Lopez used to or whatever. Like, he's not that type of big. He's just the real old school pick and roll, pick and roll you to death if and the lob is there or the put back rebound. So, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that type of center, I feel. I feel like you just have to utilize that center in the right way. And the way the Jazz do it, it just doesn't. I don't doesn't... think that type of center could be your second best player. Oh, of course not. But, like. Because that's that's they, literally they what just the Jazz don't, but they don't they don't utilize him the right way. Like he could he could probably be like they could probably use him for like some screen and roll lobs and stuff like that, or like give it to him when he has a mismatch. I know sometimes he doesn't really always score when he has a mismatch, but like usually they give it to him once and then after that they don't give it to him again. And it's just like I don't know. It's it's it's, it's really it's the NBA really anymore. It's not mm-hmm. the NBA anymore. The big man has to be versatile, and their big man isn't that versatile, so they're not gonna really give him the ball. You know they like. Like, I don't want to keep going about it, but they just don't, they just don't, like, he's not a five-tool kind of big man. He's not a big man where you could really just throw it down low and he give you a couple moves. He might give you one little turnaround here and there, but he's not somebody that has that repertoire. So throwing it down there all the time or, you know, feeding him more often probably isn't an option because they don't look at him as that type of guy to be getting those type of buckets. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I just feel like he's also just done a disservice the way the team utilizes him as well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the Jazz do going forward. They're a really interesting team. Um, watching this Bucks game and Brooke just got an and one to put them up three. Um, but yeah, next game that came up on Saturday, first night, first day of the playoffs was wow i actually forgot what it was um i think that was that um the memphis game it was the memphis game it was the memphis versus minnesota game memphis stunned i mean minnesota stuns memphis at home game one two versus seven seed it's funny how both the two and the seven games on both sides are probably going to be the best series facts in each of their respective conferences Mm -hmm. um but yeah, 130 to 117, very high scoring affair. I think I mean these are like two of the top offenses in the league in terms of scoring. Um you had Anthony Edwards in his playoff debut with 36 points. Um you had Cat who kind of like is redeeming himself from his playoff failures in the past. Um he hasn't had a much playoff appearances but He hasn't had much playoff appearances but I mean the playoff um the playoff woes were definitely there in that Houston series back in I think 2018. Uh-huh. Um and, it, and definitely in that playing game where the Clippers really schemed him to a T. Um <laughs> They really frustrated him. Um Yeah, 3 4 11 from the field I think fouled out. Yep. I mean and that's the cat that I'm kind of used to seeing in those high pressure moments but he kind of like redeemed himself in this game with um 29 points, 13 13 rebounds. Really was a force on both um both ends. On both ends, yeah, I would say that too. He played pretty good defense too, which is like something that you're not used to hearing about cat and um Yeah, it was just it was huh? It's been a different year for cat. Yeah, and you know, I thought he would re- revert to his um his previous playoff ways, 
Um, I mean, it's still a long series. I feel like this series is probably going to be one of those ones that goes the distance. Um, the key thing for me from this game was probably Ja Morant. Um, really struggled that second half. Only made like one field goal attempt. Really made his his bread and butter at the free throw line, getting 20 free throw attempts in this game. Um, and I thought that was really key, as well as Jaron Jackson Jr., probably one of their probably one of the best defenders in the league. Seven blocks this game, but also had five fouls. So he was his time on the court was limited to only 24 minutes. Um so we'll see how that works out going forward in the series, if that's gonna be an issue, because that's been an issue all regular season for him. But um yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how like Ja and um really combat the Minnesota Timberwolves because I feel like they are an equal match for them. I feel like they and when it comes to uh this matchup thing, they I definitely agree with you. I believe this is a seven game series. But um of course one game has already happened and if they weren't before, because I knew they were, I don't know about you, but the Grizzlies need to need to watch out because they are definitely on upset alert. Um, when you look at down the starting lineups for both of them, uh, the Grizzlies might not, not the Grizzlies, the, the Timberwolves might not have a crazy bench, but they have definitely contributors and their starting lineup can hit you in so many different ways from the point guard spot to the, to the small forward spot, to the big man spot. And if the, the Grizzlies have a hard time containing all three, like that game one, you saw all three, Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and Cat each get 20, 25 points. So, hence the highest scoring game. But, you know, I really think Memphis should be careful with this series right here. Uh, yeah. They, they easily could lose a series. Easily, in my opinion. Easily. And- um, one, th- one thing that I saw someone point out on, on my Twitter feed was um, – they said um, it, it seems like Memphis is one of those teams that like was playing harder in the regular season than everyone else, and you know when you play harder, um, it leads to more wins. Um, and then when it comes to the playoffs, since everybody's on the same intensity level, things kind of level out. And I felt like that was very interesting because it kind of like felt like how my Knicks were last year. Knicks were one of those teams that like they played hard in the regular season, and it led to a lot of like success then. Um, <laughs> oh man, DeRozan, it ain't sweet like it was in the regular season, huh? That's crazy. Yeah, fuck <laughs> out of my face, man. I told people we gonna get to that soon. We gonna get to that. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it it just it just it just reminded me of my Knicks last year because they were one of those teams that played harder than everyone else last year, and then when it got to the playoffs, when everybody's on the same intensity level, it like whatever team has the better talent. Is gonna is gonna um, it's gonna prevail. It's gonna prevail. And I'm not saying Minnesota has better talent than Memphis because we know Memphis is like a really deep squad, mm. but like they're gonna have to step the intensity level up if they want to match. Um, if they want to like stay in this series with the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves they hungry like they they're a young team too, but they they hungrier. Uh, what I like from this series is these are two young teams that don't care mm-hmm. about about what anybody else is say they just they just show up to the gym and ball one might be still struggling as one is a seventh seed but these are still two young teams that have 
you know, very rare playoff experience, and they're just leaving it all on the table. We saw many bodies that series, like that first game. Like a lot of bodies was caught. So, you know, people are trying to – people are taking it personal. People are going to the lane hard, um, and they're playing real physical. So that's this is why I believe this is going to be a seven-game series. And also, of course, everybody wants to sleep on Pat Bev, but Pat Bev makes a difference at all times on the defensive end, especially – when you got a guard like John Morant that isn't afraid of a guy like P. Bev, P. Bev is going to look at that and, you know, he's going to love it and he's going to keep going to it because that's all he knows and that's how he plays. And it's up to John Morant to keep either the level head or to fight through it at all times and, you know, make it his advantage, all the talking that's going to be happening, all the, all the, all the chirping, all the physicality. So this series is going to be definitely a upset alert series, one to watch. I'll be surprised if it goes less than six games. I'll be very surprised on either end. So yeah, originally I had Memphis and I had Memphis in five, but like after watching that first game, man, it really makes me reconsider because like I just like I, I guess I kind of underestimated Memphis. I mean, not Memphis, but Minnesota. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, I, I I would I would I would very much enjoy this series to go the distance because it feels like a lot of these series might end up being lopsided one way or another, especially that Heat series, especially after that game one we saw today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, let's get into the next game from that night, from that that day. Um, it was a blowout. Not gonna get too much into it. Um, Philly versus Toronto. And it looks like Toronto is going to have a rough going about it um, because Scotty Barnes is doubtful for the next game. Gary Trent is doubtful for the next game. And Thaddeus Young is doubtful for the next game. And that's half their rotation, basically. Yeah, that's tough over there. I mean, just to, just to you know, touch on it briefly, I never thought that uh, – I thought this series would be five, maybe six. Uh, it might be four to- now. Just as a respect for, you know, the type of season Siakam has had and the type of season Fever and Lee has had, they will probably get one or two. But uh, honestly, though, um, this is a series that uh, Joel Embiid should dominate and James Harden can just sit back and chill. I don't see the 76ers needing James Harden until next round, of course. So, you know... I'm not looking for James Harden to get no crazy buckets. You know, I'm just looking for James Harden to facilitate, get some timely buckets, make sure that everybody else is Gucci so that when the next series come around, if James Harden start being on his BS again, you know, they could pick up the slack. But I'm not look. I'm I'm waiting on James Harden for the next round. This is a, this is just this is just for Joel Embiid to solidify his MVP case possibly and, uh, you know, just get them out of here real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it looks like it's gonna be a quick series, especially if Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris continue to show up like they did that game. <laughs> um, I mean, Tobias Harris is probably the biggest surprise. He has been someone yeah. that has been so hot and cold for them throughout the regular season. For him to fault, give them, and for him to get twenty six points on fourteen shots, I mean, that's like you'll take that any day from your fourth option, basically. Because that's what Tobias Harris is. He's their fourth option. And for him to give you 26, 6-6 six and six on 14 shots in a blowout win, I'll you'll take, take that it. all day. Take that all day. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, I mean, nothing can be said enough about, like, the young talent showing out in their first ever playoffs. 
or not in their first ever playoffs for Tyrese Maxey because he was in the playoffs last year. But for um, for dudes that like for these young guys to show out in the playoffs has been really exciting. It shows that like the like the talent in the league, like there's never gonna be a dull moment where like we're wondering like oh man like where's the next group of guys gonna come from like it's 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 always on display. Um, James Harden gives you 22 points on um, 17 shots. Not the best efficiency, but you know who cares. Um, I'm still waiting to see him collapse, but that'll probably be in the next round. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he he, he looked he, he didn't have to do too much today or that game because Tyrese Maxey just like lit them up for 38. And I mean, lit him up crazy. Yeah, he he lit him up crazy. I mean, Joel Embiid was their fourth leading scorer. I mean. Joel Embiid's gonna be your fourth leading scorer, then he'll take that all day. But I don't think every single game is gonna go like this. But the fact that Toronto is like so down with injury is is gonna be concerning. Facts. Very concerning. Um, final game one of the first night, first day of NBA playoffs. Golden State one twenty three. Denver Nuggets, 107. I mean, I think this game kind of went how we all thought it was going to go. Hmm. Um, My parlay looked crazy that game, and I still lost. Sorry. <laughs> um, you have Jordan Poole leading the night, 30 points. Again, young talent just showing out. I mean, he has been impressive. I mean, today the finalists got um released for most improved player, and he was not one of the top three finalists. And I just – I find that oh, wild really to me. Now? I find that wild to me just because... Wait, what award? Most Improve or Six Man? Most Improve. Most Improve. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And, like, it was, like, John Morant, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray. For me, John Morant should not be anywhere near this award because he just just won Rookie of the Year two years ago. He was just almost an... He was just almost an All-Star last year, and he was averaging, like, 30 in the playoffs last year. What did he improve on? (laughs) <laughs> like that's just like so wild to me team record but yeah that's not really that's not a him thing yeah like the most improved like that's this is, i'm sorry that's not an award for john Morant, and i could go on a tangent about that forever because i just feel like jordan Poole got robbed he was my preseason pick for most improved player and to see him perform the way he's been performing and to not even land in top three is just like crazy to me but Back to the game. He showed out. I expect him to continue to showing out. Um, Andrew Wiggins played pretty well, 16 points, 9 rebounds. He wasn't really asked to do too much because, you know, the Warriors just have that many guys that are able to do things. Klay Thompson looked pretty good, um, 19 points, 5 threes. Um, Steph kind of eased, eased his way back into things, 21 points, 21 minutes, 16 points. Um... Three threes off the bench. He came off the bench. They kind of like want to ease him into things, which is pretty good. And Draymond, Draymond showed out this game. 12 points, six rebounds, nine assists, three blocks. Even hit a three for good measure. So, you know, he's like really a, in rhythm. Sound like um, a real good Draymond game to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's a real good Draymond game. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty good. And, you know, I mean, the Nuggets, we all knew this was going to happen, I guess. like. 
they were going to run into the Warriors. Jokic was going to get his numbers, but like the rest of his supporting cast really is not going to be able to do much. Um, how do you feel about this series going forward? A, a series like this definitely uh, would have been better if Michael Porter Jr. was available. Because, uh, mm. I, I, nah, I definitely feel like if he was available for most of the season and he was able to go into a playoff in rhythm, I feel like this is a different series, a more competitive one. Jamal Murray, I get it, ACL. We don't even know what's going on with that. That's why I didn't bring him up. He actually got cleared. Yeah, he got somewhat cleared, but are you about to throw him into a five-on-five? Like, this isn't... Yeah, it's actually they actually said it's up to him to play, and I don't blame him if he doesn't want to play. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to do that to a guy, especially against the same team that he tore his ACL against. So, you know, you know, PTSD and all the same thing, but... You know, I don't want to throw – I don't think it would be smart to throw him in that. I did hear that report, though. I just didn't think they would do it. But the the, the Nuggets, they're just – they're not really undermanned. They, they're they a deep team. It's just their, their star players besides the major one are, are not available. So all the role players' roles are stepped up a bunch. But, the you know, I'm, I just don't like it's, – it's not like I don't like things. It's just a regular occurrence. Like, all right, look, the Warriors – the Warriors look to be getting back to, you know, warrior things these days. So uh, this series should be over quick five games in favor of the Warriors. Um, that I mean, I don't really see how Jokic could get more than two. That's the most I'll give him, but I, I see it going five. Uh, for the Warriors, it's all about, you know, health at this point. Um just health, because we already know what they can do healthy. Um, but we need to see what they can do with everybody healthy with the young guys and stuff. So in a playoff atmosphere. So I just want to see that. Uh Jokic, he's gonna put up great numbers, but the numbers are actually gonna be impactful. It's not empty numbers, because all all these stats they need, all the dimes, all the rebounds, all the points. So but uh it's gonna be a good series to watch. It's gonna be has definitely gonna have its moments, but Quick five games, Warriors takes it on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, for me, Michael Porter Jr. don't move the needle that much to me anymore after I've seen how he come out. He came out this season. And, like, outside of the bubble, he really hasn't been on shit, honestly. Like, he's a good shooter and all that. but like, Yeah, but he's never been on the court. That's why he hasn't really been on. Uh, and that's the record. part of the reason why you don't pay him $172 million. Like, <laughs> some GMs pay based on potential. Some GMs pay based on results. I feel you. Man. It's going to be a quick and easy death for... <laughs> the nuggets that's 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 all i'm gonna say man i don't have really much analysis for this series it's just gonna be a warm-up series for like steph and them to like for the next round because like whoever they face in the next round is gonna be either a very hungry minnesota team or it's gonna be uh-huh. a very energetic memphis team so this is just a warm-up series for steph to you know get his legs under him um hopefully this doesn't backfire on me um, but you know, I'm usually right, as we'll Wait. see talking about the Bulls in a minute. Um, but yeah, let's get into the next the next set of games which are occurring today as we are recording on Sunday, April 17th. Um, first couple of games got underway 
won't spend too much time on the Heat and Hawks because I feel like that series is going to be probably a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Maybe Atlanta gets one at home. This game went how we expected. Heat crushed the Hawks in game one, 115 to 91. Trey Young was put in Rikers, 1 for 12 from the field, 0 for 7 from 3. <laughs> Just a pitiful performance from him. I mean, the, the Heat didn't even have all their top guys go off like that. Like, today's leading scorers for the Heat were Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, and P.J. Tucker. Yeah, P.J. P.J. Tucker. Tucker. Now. Yo, I didn't put so much parlays in P.J. Tucker. <laughs> No I, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Yeah, I, I had bro. PJ in a couple in a parlay in a couple parlays today, though. So that's crazy, bro. The day I do it's it's always do it always goes like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that I mean, do you expect Atlanta to really do much in this series? I mean, they they're basically gonna put Trey in a box for the rest of this series, and like, I mean, well, yeah, because now there's a lot of focus on Trey because John Collins just came back, so you're not gonna expect too much from him, even though you want production. He hasn't played since like what uh, March or something like that, um, and then you got Clint Capella just getting hurt, so now that's tough. So now you got a, a undersized center out there, and then you know everybody else on the Atlanta squad isn't as skilled as Trey, so Trey got to do it by himself. But granted, I do say I'll say this about Trey very quickly: he moments like these are you know games Trey thrives in. Uh, underdog games, crowd where the crowd goes crazy. As a Knicks fan, you understand. But, you know, I don't see the game that he just had today happening again, Uh, at least in that severity where it looked like he just couldn't do anything. At some point, somebody as skilled as him is going to get his. So uh, I don't see that type of performance happening again. But, yeah, quick series, though, just because – Atlanta is definitely undermatched and undermanned. And uh, Miami has bigger fish to fry in the next series. So they're going to try to get this over with real quick as they should as the top seed in the East and wait on their next opponent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't even really want to spend much time on on the rest of this thing. Um, shout out to former Nick Kevin Knox who came into the game for like five minutes and scored ten points real quick. Where I peep that he got his buckets, <laughs> he got I his buckets, he got his stats. That. You know, my boy wants to get a second contract in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving on. This is probably the game of the weekend. Game. It's probably gonna be game of the playoffs. Maybe. No, nah, I'm not even gonna oh, say that. Not too. Not game yeah, of the playoffs because we know these games they be getting crazier as we get closer yeah. and closer to the finals. So, but this is definitely game of the weekend. Um, game one between Boston, one fifteen to one fourteen. Boston mm-hmm. wins at the buzzer off a crazy, I want to say, broken play. Basically, it wasn't um, really broken because it was. It was kind of. It was kind of great. <laughs> it, it, some, it sometimes the best. Sometimes ball. the greatest plays are the broken ones. You know what I'm saying? A lot of cut and a lot of IQ coming into play on that last play. Yeah, but basically last play was like Jalen Brown drove into the to the lane, kicked it out to Marcus Smart. Ooh, God bless Marcus Smart for not taking that three because you know in years past he would have taken that three. Well, he pumped fake, got two nets in the air. I don't know why two nets jumped in the air for a Marcus Smart three. Like, Marcus I understand was he was jacking them today and they was hitting, but like, for two nah, of you he, to jump for it, 
they jump it because they really don't want to give up the lead. It's it's pressure situations. You know what I'm saying? But like they gave up the two of them jump for the pump fake. Marcus Smart like went right through them, passed it to J- J- Jason Tatum as he was cutting, spun right into the layup at the buzzer, game winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but this 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 series is gonna be very fun. Uh, for this series, man, this is so comparison to last season as we saw them play last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Brown, of course, wasn't there. And I think that's the key thing to like, this is what I said on my last, on my podcast, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have now kind of figured out how to play with each other at the same time, instead of a, my turn, your turn kind of thing, you know? So when the two, especially from wing players at a guard and a, and the three position, you got to be able to play together, not just one by one. Cause that's how you really, that's how you really get to uh, demolish a team. Like, like the Nets, you got to be able to pound them inside. You got to be able to put some guys in foul trouble, and that's what happened in this game. Big men were in foul trouble. Nicholas Claxton ha- did a good job, but at the same time, he can't be everywhere as a big man and contest everything because Andre Drummond was a liability, and he also was in foul trouble. So the one problem is, of course, Brooklyn really don't play no type of defense, bro. Like. It's it's just not gonna happen. This game had like a low scoring feel to it, but Boston has Boston has multiple guys that can feed off of the inside work and just put pressure on you at all phases. And Brooklyn has to deal with that, but I don't think they can deal with that as much because their bench is a liability as well with all these trades they've been doing for the past two years. So uh you know, I do as a as a result for this series. I have it going seven games. I still believe Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant is enough, but they're gonna have to shore up their defense if they're gonna if they're gonna want to win this series. Cause uh, I look at it as another upset alert series. Uh, Boston could really, Boston could really take this series if they if they if they play like how they played today. And just make sure they cut down on the turnovers and all that. Because they was up like 11 late in the fourth. And they let Kyrie, you know, cook up real quick. But, you know, Kyrie going to do what Kyrie does. So that's what you just got to deal with. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the defensive intensity from the Celtics was just on another level to begin this game. They really bothered KD. Um, They doubled him a lot. They trapped him. They... um, they they really like forced the ball out of his hands, and like he was also like really loose with it too, which didn't help his case at all. So um, yeah, I mean, defensive intensity is gonna be one thing to see if like Celtics really keep that thing like really keep it consistent because like they see that it worked today, and this was probably their game plan. They probably just wanted to let Kyrie beat them. Um, um every game. Marcus Smart isn't going to shoot like this, but, like, Marcus Smart really loves playing against the Nets because if you look at his, like, three-point stats against the Nets, Uh he's always, like, hitting a whole bunch of them. So he's going to have to. Yeah, he's going to have to to keep this up. Um, Jalen Brown can't play this this way again. Um, This series is going to be very interesting because a lot of things that went this way in game one, they probably aren't going to go the same way in game two. 
There's a lot um, of fouls. Huh? Definitely. Not, there was, it was a lot of fouls in this game. Oh, yeah. That's one thing that bothered me a lot. Like, that's one thing that bothered me a lot in that Philly game, too. A lot of ticky-tack. We can't, we can't, we can't, like, be in the playoffs and you still calling, like, calls, like, like, this is the regular season. I miss when, like, I miss when it was the beginning of the season and they were just letting guys play. But that's also kind of towards the type of referees there are because there's all there's all different types. Like there's the referees that let guys play, and then there's the referees that's like, all right, you're, we're not doing this type of thing today. And if I keep seeing it, I'm gonna keep calling it. So as players, you gotta adjust to that. You know, that's a little cliche, but you know, the referees play a part in these games too. They 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 have a certain way that they call a game in a certain situation, and the players have to realize that as well. Yeah, and you know, KD isn't going to always have six turnovers. I mean, defensive pressure is probably going to get to him still in those games. Um, but I don't think he's going to have six turnovers in every single game. He isn't going to shoot like this every single game. Kyrie isn't going to shoot like this every single game either. But, um, yeah, I mean. Question, though. Can I just ask you a quick question? Do you mm-hmm. think the Nets could win this series without both KD and Kyrie having a game where they both go off. Like, can they can they win games? Can they win four games before the before the Nets before the the the, the Celtics the Celtics do? Yeah, by just doing one game, KD goes off, but Kyrie's you know a little subpar. Nah, the next game, nah. Kyrie, oh, that's not so gonna it cut be it. unison. It's not gonna. It's not gonna yeah, it's not gonna cut it. Today was that kind of game, you know. KD, KD had like a little twenty something, but. It could have been thirty. Could have been thirty with Kyrie's thirty something. It could have, but the Celtics had four guys in twenty plus points. See what I'm saying? The math, you know, you know what I'm saying. You so. like, you you can't you can't uh, like as as great as Kyrie is, one man armies aren't gonna are gonna cut it against a team like the Celtics. Celtics are are built like a contender, and they play like a contender, and they've been playing like a contender since like late January when when things start to really shift for them. So like you you gotta like you gotta have both of them play well. Um, you also gotta have some of those su- supporting pieces like Seth Curry or Bruce Brown um, or Patty Mills, guys that you you got here. Yeah, I ain't for see these Patty moments. Mills this game word. You got you got these guys for these moments, and they just can't show up. So it's like you you need those supporting pieces to show up. Either that, or you're gonna need your top two guys to really go like ham like. 35 plus from like both of them in a game or something because you know the Celtics they're always going to get something from Tatum they're always going to get something from Brown today they got something from Horford and, and Smart and, and and a lot of times you are going to get something from from Smart but they also guys got they got guys like um Derek White on their bench that can give you something too um as well as Peyton Pritchard he's he's shown in late in the season that he can give you he can give you some points as well so it, it it's going to be it's going to be it's going to have to be a a, a joint effort from Katie and Kyrie every night if they want to have a chance or if like tonight it was today it was Kyrie really going off um Word. but like is Kyrie going to go off every single game like doubt like, it some nights he's not going to have it we've seen it before in playoffs past like some nights he's not going to have it so you're going to have to have either those other guys really su- um support you on that end or both Katie and Kyrie are gonna have to go off. 
I don't know, man. I feel like it's just gonna be hard. The Boston is really complete. And yeah, I they, think they, they they play like a team. They're giving me uh, revenge vibes based on you know how things happened last year, and because they were undermanned and they felt like even though it was a five game series, it could have been easily a different way. So, you know that the, the Boston just gotta keep the same energy that they had this game. Keep that same energy. Have your guy, have your star players hit tough shots, and if and when they're not hitting tough shots. The the others are making it easy on them by by getting to the lane like Marcus Smart was, Al Horford being a big part, Daniel Tice owning the boards. Like when the big men are able to you know feast on the inside and then play inside out basketball, that's when you have the nets at your mercy. Get get your big men in foul trouble, then now you forcing KD and Bruce Brown to play play power forward and center spots, and then now now you got small guys on get them the uncomfortable. Yeah, you got the small guys playing in the big guy spots and then now because your team is already big you got six you got you got jason tatum at like six eight six nine you got jalen brown at around six six you got marcus smart at around six four but he's actually a big guard like so and then you got tice and uh you got tice and uh what's his name horford horford at like six horford nine, had 15 10. rebounds today you feel me so when once you start doing that now you now you can control a game. You can pick your poison pace and everything, but you just gotta be able to throw these skilled players off off their rhythm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how they continue to um attack KD because I felt like today their game plan was really focused on like keeping KD out of the out of the scheme of things and like really disrupting his rhythm. And and it worked because they won. And you know, they won at the buzzer, but they still won. So yeah. in the end, that strategy worked. And they're probably going to go to it again next game, too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Horford's still able to take advantage of um, of the down-low presence. I, I'm just wondering how th- how different things would be if if Robert Williams was was playing. Because, like, he is a force down-low defensively for them. And I feel like the way their defense was today, I feel like it would have been, like, even more intense especially once those guys got to the paint because like granted like they like even the defensive intensity was there for the celtics they still were like sometimes they those guys were still able to get whatever they wanted at the rim the nets so like yeah. if you if you have a robert williams down there patrolling things i think it makes things a lot more difficult for them it's gonna be interesting to see what his timetable is for return i know there isn't one as of yet because he had to get surgery for his meniscus and meniscus injuries are very tricky um like we saw jaron jackson jr he took a while to come back from a meniscus james wiseman has yet to return from coming back from his meniscus i don't think he's coming back at all either yeah so it's a very very tricky injury um and i doubt we see him for the rest of the playoffs honestly if like Truthfully speaking, I know Celtics fans are pretty hopeful for him to um to come back, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. But um, yeah, we we know Tatum and we know Tatum's going to bring it every night. It's going to be a matter of Brown's going to bring it because Brown he was really struggling for the most part of this game. There were some moments where he did come alive and like he did spark things, and that's how he got to twenty three points. But it wasn't it wasn't a pretty showing for him today. So it's going to be very interesting to see if if he can bring it every night as well. And today they got away with his like mediocre performance, but I don't know if it's gonna really fly every night for him. So yeah, 
Um, on to the game that we just uh, that just finished. Um, Bucks beat the Bulls ninety three eighty six. Very nasty score. This is giving me like two thousands vibes. <laughs> this is this this series gives me uh I mean this is the one thing that I'm gonna look for is how can the Bulls you know play up to their competition. The story on the Bulls all season, <laughs> the story on the Bulls all season has been the story of their star player, DeMar DeRozan. But at the same time, there was a point, in my opinion, in this season where he technically wasn't the best player on the squad because Zach Levine was also averaging 27, 28 points per game. They were both doing it. Um, but, of course, Zach got injured multiple times, and you know DeMar had to pick up the slack, which he definitely did. Had his little couple weeks of MVP conversation, but the reason why it died down was because you were like, at some point, you were like 0-18 versus like elite teams in in the NBA period. Or like 2-something or 1-18, 2-18, some shit like that in a matter of 20 games against, I believe it's uh, it's not just above 500 teams or just like like teams with a, a, a true winning record. So when I see that, I'm like, okay, clearly you're not doing what you got to do against the teams you're so, that you're technically – gonna have to face in these playoff settings so this is what i'm looking at can the bulls rise up to the occasion can they get the job done i don't think they can you're missing lonzo ball a premier guard in the on the on the defensive end on the perimeter and uh you're gonna need people to clog up the lane before Giannis just be able to plow through everybody and this there's just no one for Giannis, literally yeah, the, the the Bucks can have a bad game from their supporting cast, but just enough people will get the job done with Giannis thirty and fifteen, and you know this series will be over a little quick. I give it five games though, because I do believe the Bulls can get one. Um, because <clears throat> they are here for a reason. We did see them get some wins together, so you know we're gonna see what that looks like. <clears throat> man, I tried to tell people, man. I'm going off. My, I'm going to my victory lap now. I don't care what this series is. Go right Bulls, ahead. They look, Bucks. They look pathetic tonight, and you know they still got the job done because the Bulls are that pathetic of a team, man. I told people. I told me told people from the beginning of the regular season. I told people from preseason. I was like, "Yo, these Bulls, they ain't on shit, man. They ain't gonna be on shit, man. They ain't <laughs> like." Bro, DeRozan as your number one guy, I don't care he, number one, number one A, what number one B, number two, whatever he is, it don't move me. Son was six for 25 from the field tonight. Only two shots were three pointers. You know how bad that is? That's tough. You know how bad that is? That is I want so you to Repeat that stat one more time for the people. Six for 25 and only two shots were three pointers. Jeez. Son, I tried to tell people. I told people all year, man, just wait for the regular season. Just, just wait for the regular season to end. Just wait for it to end so we can see the real DeMar DeRozan. And can the real DeMar DeRozan please stand up? Oh, wait, there he was in Milwaukee shooting 25 shots and missing almost all of them. <laughs> I tried to tell people. People, 
man, it feels it feels good to be right. But like I t- like I said on the Knicks post game show that I usually do after the Knicks game, I'm always right, man. I win in the end, no matter what. Like it looked rocky in the beginning because you know he got off to that MVP start. You know he was hitting game winning threes, like he sold his soul. And look, Devil came back and he took it back. He took back what he took back what was his. But yeah, I see the series going. Like if Chris and Drew wake up, or if they're like even somewhat mediocre or like somewhat better than they were today, like I feel like this series is done in four, just because the Bucks like the Bucks they should know they have better things to 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 take care of at this point. Like they can't be in like dog fights with the Bulls. Facts uh, at dog fights. You can't be in a dogfight with the Bulls. Like, Chris Middleton went four for 13. Like, you just can't do that. One for seven from three. Drew Holiday, six for 16. One for four from three. Like, you can't you can't be doing this in this game. And, like, they're able to get away with it because, like, Giannis was great. Brooke Lopez was great. 18 points. Um, And, you know, Brooke is, Brooke is probably going to be one of those consistent factors just because the Bulls are food down low in the paint. And it's another reason why I was telling people I do not believe in this team. Vucevic as your anchor down low does not move me. It does not move the needle. He is not that guy down low. Like he's just not. Bobby Portis, 10 and 12 off the bench. Like, if if you get even a somewhat decent game from Middleton where he gives you like 17, 18 points, or Drew gives you 18 points, like that is. That is a that is like way better than what they did today. That's it's it's giving me last year's Bucks playoff run vibes because like hmm. Giannis was able to do like Giannis was like willing them to like victories out of nowhere, but like Drew was out here smoking layups and Chris Middleton was like playing like he was on drugs. Like, but man, like they like they'll probably be able to get away with it in this series and maybe this maybe that's the one reason this series will prolong longer than it needs to. But like Giannis is him. They like you said, they don't have anybody for him. Um that's why a lot of people just like were like, this is the series that they're not gonna be that much interested in because like the Bucks should have their way. And we saw the Bucks have their way with them during the regular season. Um but yeah, I mean, we saw during the regular season too, like Bulls, they did they just could not beat any of the top teams in the league. And here they are again against one of the top teams in the league. They couldn't beat them cuz you know, playoff DeRozan showed up. But um yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is over for the Bulls in like 4 5 if the Bucks aren't serious for another game. But yeah. Um yeah, this is this is done soon. Um and I really don't expect it to go. Yeah, I don't really expect it to go the distance. Um, yeah, so um, congrats, Bulls fans, on on your season. I hope it was it was super fun watching um, you guys beat up on mediocre to okay teams, but not being able to beat the top teams in the league. I told everyone this would happen, and it feels good to be right. That's all I'm gonna say. As it, it should to be. be right. It feels good to be right, man. Um, last, I mean, this game is going on right now, so I guess we can give our thoughts on, like, how we think this series is gonna go. Um, currently the Suns are up 10 on the Pelicans, 22 to 12, as we are recording this. Um, but yeah, Pelicans versus Suns, the one versus eight seed. How do we, how do we think this is gonna go? 
Uh, in terms of length, I'm going six games. In terms oh, of wow, six, yeah, yeah. You're higher on the Pelicans than most people are. Yeah, I mean, I'm high on the Pelicans just because you added you added a guard in CJ that is definitely playoff uh, tested. Uh, no matter no matter the results of he that he's had with Damian Lillard in Portland. Um, there were games, definitely notable games in their tenure where Damian Lillard couldn't get it, couldn't buy a bucket and CJ went for 40. So uh, I look at that and then I look at how, you know, the emergence of Brandon Ingram and how they played through him on his squad and a couple of their, you know, role players, just a couple, not too much because this team isn't really that good. But, you know, I just look at a couple pieces they have and I'm thinking they could definitely steal two from Phoenix if Phoenix isn't, you know, on their game. Um, but of course, knowing Phoenix, they were just in the finals last year. They're back here again. West, uh, best record in the West, trying to run it, run everything back like the Spurs did how many years ago after a tough loss in the finals. So uh, I look at I look at Phoenix as a team that's just you know got to get in rhythm. But I also look at a team in New Orleans that New Orleans has nothing to lose and everything to gain looking at what their team could be in the future when they pair these guys up with Zion whenever he feels like playing. But, you know, I like CJ in this playoff atmosphere atmosphere with uh, Brandon Ingram. I, I like it a lot. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I like it so much that I really do believe they can take two games off of CP3 and Devin Booker. And uh, But two games is all they get. It's all they get. I see this in a sweep, man. Maybe one game at back at Nola. Sweep is a little crazy. I don't like to jack sweeps son, too much. Son, but. Sons are <laughs> sons are like that, and like they I mean, are like that. The, I won't lie. Credit credit to the Pelicans for the like you know turning their season around and all that stuff. But it's a different beast when you're facing the best team in the in the West. That's a fact. Like with that best team, like you West said, Phoenix. They want to get back to the finals. They're not going to waste no time with this series. Like. This should be over in four, five max, but this should be done in four. Hmm. It should be, but this is the NBA where amazing things happen. True, as, true, as true. They won, I they once said as their slogan years ago. <laughs> they need to bring those commercials back. Those yeah. those used to be those used to be the shit. But um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Phoenix they they're just that much of a better team than the Pelicans. So, like, they should be able to, like, if they are serious, and I think they are serious, I mean, just from, like, how they come out, like, the first, like, seven minutes of this quarter or whatever it's been. Um, but, yeah, they should they should get this done in, in, in four, five at the max. Like, I just I just think that Phoenix is that much more dominant of a team. Um, and, yeah, they'll just want to take care of business. Like, um, I just don't see, like... The Pelicans, they have, they have, they they have like pretty good defenders with like Jose Alvarado, who's like he's undersized. I think in this matchup against like the bigger guards and wings that Phoenix does have, um, he's pesky though. He's pesky, and you do got Herbert Jones, who's also a pretty good defender as well. But I just feel like Phoenix Suns, they are just like it's just too much. Like they're 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 bringing back majority of the team that they had last year, almost the same exact team. Mm-hmm. And like when those teams like when those teams run it back, they are usually so hard to beat because they are like all on a string, and it's just like such a ho- cohesive unit. Yeah, chemistry on a thousand. 
They already exactly. know. What, they already know what each other does. Exactly. They like to be on the floor. Yup. So it's it's definitely it's definitely a hard task. Phoenix is one of the very few complete teams that the NBA has currently, where you look up and down the roster and 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 the results and the the eye test and you say, okay, yeah, this this is a team right here that knows everybody's role, what they must do, how to get to that role, and how to get to the finish line. And they know how to do it, even with star players not in the lineup. So, so it's yeah, like Phoenix legit is the team to beat, and it should be in your NBA Finals uh, predictions, depending on matchups. But you know, they I be, one thing I always like to say is every great team should have a series where they're tested. Mm-hmm. Like losses, losses are sometimes losses. There could be good losses. Where you look at it like, okay, we let this happen this game. This shouldn't ever happen again. Or if it gets to where it's happening again, how do we how do we combat that? So I like I like when the premier teams get battle tested because now when it gets to the conference finals or the semifinals late runs and stuff like that, you've already had that happen in the first round. So now it, sh- it should be muscle memory. What's what's to do next? Yeah, I yeah. feel you. Um, so we basically went through all the first round matchups. Who you got in your second round matchups? Who you, who you see advancing? Who you see getting like who you see matching up in the second round? Uh, I mean, technically, based on my brackets, I didn't go that far. But technically, based on my first round uh predictions, that means uh, let me pull it up real quick. That would mean. Based on my predictions, that would mean Philadelphia would play Miami. Uh, that's going to be a tough series. Uh, that could go seven. Uh, let's say, I mean, if if that's my pick, uh, Miami Philly, we'll go. Uh, we'll go Philly on that one. I might go Philly on that one. Uh, for the semifinals, for the for the rest of the East, that would also mean, according to my picks. It will be Milwaukee versus Brooklyn rematch. Um, damn that that one! I can't pick that one right now. I'll tell you that much. I dead can't pick that one because I still respect Giannis, and I don't know what they will look like against a Kyrie KD team that has no size and they have all of the size. Uh, on the West side. If Phoenix wins the series, which they should, I have uh, Utah winning in seven, if I'm correct, against Dallas. So that would mean Phoenix against Utah. Uh, That seems like a Phoenix type of series, but I need Donovan Mitchell to, to, to finally make some real noise. And then that would leave one more series. That would mean I have Golden State versus. See, this is hard because I don't think, I, even though I believe the Grizzlies win that Timberwolves series, I dead won't be surprised if the Timberwolves win. But um, if, if Golden State plays the Grizzlies, then that's another seven-game series. But I may pick the Grizzlies to win that. Again, uh, if they play, if Golden State plays the Timberwolves, then that's a six-game series in favor of Golden State. Just because I don't think 
I think Draymond might do something to where where like he might shut down one of the two stars in Ant and Cat. So that's my semifinals. I didn't go that far in my bracket, so I didn't want to just fly through it. But according to my picks, that's what I would have. All right. So I didn't I did my whole bracket. Um I have next I for the next round, I have Phoenix versus Dallas. I just don't believe in Utah, like I already said before. Um, even without Luca, yeah, I still don't believe in Utah. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't. I can't pick. I can't pick Dallas if Luca is legit hurt for multiple games in this series. I cannot. I can just because I just don't. I don't believe in Utah. Like I've, I have made money betting on the other team while Utah is up double digits. I do not believe in them. I do not believe in them. Yo, like, like I can't. I can't fathom. Donovan Mitchell losing to a Mavs team without Luka. I can for, for half of the series. That's crazy. I that, can. That means that I, I, mm, mm. I've watched Utah games, like a bunch of Utah games, to close out the end of the year. They are not a cohesive unit. They will crumble at any type of pressure. Man, mm. Dallas. If Jalen Brunson makes a couple more shots. If Reggie Bullock makes a couple more shots, that game goes the other way. Dallas is, is up one zero. That's true. They it's true. Uh, that that part is true, but I still don't like nah. For 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 all that, for you guys, if they really do lose to Dallas and Luca doesn't play half the series at least, then then you gotta blow it up. Just blow it up. Yeah, I I think that Utah's blowing it up this this offseason. Like I just don't you, you got to. I don't see them advancing that far. Rudy Gobert got to get traded. I mean, you're going to keep Donovan Mitchell, but you got to surround him with something else. Um, so yeah, I got Phoenix Dallas. I got Golden State Grizzlies. I do think the Grizzlies do prevail over the Timberwolves. But again, I I still like it'll it'll, it'll go to diff- it'll go to distance with the Timberwolves. Um, for my Western Conference Finals, I got Phoenix versus Golden State. In my opinion, the two best teams in the West going at it. Seven game series. I feel like that will oh. be um, CP3 versus Chris Paul. I mean, not CP3 versus Steph Curry. Probably one of the final battles that they'll have in their career. And I got Golden State prevailing to go to the finals once again. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, on the East side of things. Um, only pick I'm feeling weary about now is Toronto over, over Philly. I had Toronto over Philly just because I thought Harden was completely going to shit himself um, nah, that's, in that that's, series. That's, crazy. that's really crazy. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't believe in Harden. Like, give me Harden in any playoff scenario, I'm taking the other team, honestly. Um, that's just how I feel. But um, it's probably going to be end up being Philly just because of all the injuries now that they have to deal with. Um, cause I do feel that like there were some moments in that game where Toronto was pressuring, um, was pressuring Philly and they made it sort of a game, um, midway through the third quarter. But I feel like if a couple things go their way in terms of like foul calls, cause I feel like a lot of foul calls got called against them that like, just, they shouldn't have been foul calls at all. Like, there were even moments where like players did not touch Embiid or like they barely touched him and he, he sold the contact. And they gave him the call. And if that's, that's the way things are going to go for the rest of the series, then Toronto just has no chance because they're already down. Um, they're already undermanned. And now to be against the refs as well, too, like that's series is just wraps after that. Like, 
Um, and, and especially if Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, like I said before, if they continue to to um, play like this, then yeah, it's over. So I got Philly versus Miami in the next round. Um, and then I got um, for the second round on the other side, I got Milwaukee versus Boston. Um, and I feel like that series probably goes like six or seven games. Um, and I got Milwaukee prevailing in that one. Oh yeah, you definitely have Boston over Brooklyn. Or, yep. Word. That's that's it's another tough one. But for me, it's it's a matter. It's a it's 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 a it's a mixture of bias because I I hate the Nets, but also um, a mixture, <laughs> I hate the Nets. But like I also feel like Boston is just like that good of a team this year where they can beat the Nets. So I don't blame you for that take though. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, I got I got Milwaukee over over Boston like six or seven games, and cr- contrary to my previous statements on this podcast about the Miami Heat, I do have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Milwaukee Bucks mm, over the Sixers. Yep, in a rematch oh, of the bubble, be in the Sixers. Oh, that's a tough take. It is. But I just feel like, actually, you know what? I I'll have to think on that one. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't. I I'll have can't to think really on think, that one. I can't. It's really very just tricky because, like, yeah, go ahead. I can't really just take Miami in a series against Philly because when you look at it, um, you want Miami has the bench play for sure. But in terms of star power, when you got one guy just being matchup problems everywhere, Philly has that in in both of their superstars. It's just that Philly's one superstar be a little be a little iffy sometimes in James Harden. But of course, there's also the iffiness of Jimmy Butler sometimes, and then the streakiness of a Tyler Hero, the streakiness of a Duncan Robinson. One game they could hit five threes for you each, and the next game they could only hit two combined. So it goes both ways. Uh, and then, of course, Joel Embiid. Bam Adebayo is going to have a rough day with that one. And, of course, the rest of the big men. So it, like, it, there's both ways where both teams have deficiencies or pros that outweighs the cons. So I can't – like, I can't – like, I'm picking Philly currently because that is a series I look at and be like, okay, James Harden, this is where you start, you know, rewriting all of these wrongs that you've put in your postseason career if you really want to change your legacy because it's at the point where if he don't get it done this this off this this playoffs like you're 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 just gonna be talked about badly for the rest of your career until you prove it wrong so you know i can't outright pick miami i would if yeah uh, it's, it's tricky for me because i just can't ignore tyler hero being such a defensive um that too that the defensive liability Miami has a lot of defensive liabilities that I feel like um that I feel like um Philly could take advantage of with Tyrese Maxey and like all the guys that because like one thing that sticks out to me I know it was a regular season game and like J- um Joel Embiid and James Harden were out of that game but it just it just sticks out to me that like in that game Tyler Hero was like basically on an island versus Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Tobias Harris, Georges Niang, and they all <laughs> just went to work on him and, like, kept scoring yeah. buckets effortlessly. 
So I just I just cannot ignore that. So that's why I'm kind of like reconsidering that pick. For me, that series is probably gonna be a toss up for me, honestly. Like I'll I'll say that goes probably like six or seven, and whoever comes out of it, I still have Milwaukee beating them. Mm, so Milwaukee to the finals again. Yep. I got again, I got Golden Milwaukee State. versus Golden State. Um, and for me, that's a that's a that's a seven game series right there. That's definitely um seven six or seven. Six or seven. All I know is if that's the finals, then Giannis might drop another fifty piece. He might. That's why I have them winning it. Cause I just don't think anyone on Golden State has anything for Giannis. Back to back champion Giannis Atentacumpo. I need that. Says fast break layup. That's yep. crazy. Yep. I, I've been, and and this I've been jacking this all year. I've been jacking Bucks to go back to the finals all year. So I I haven't because I didn't like how they were looking at some point in the season. But I feel like that's like that's a little bit of for me. That was a lot of factors. It was they got hit with COVID, championship hangover. You had Drew Holiday and uh, and Chris Middleton just in the Olympics. Yeah, right true. off the finals. So it was a lot of factors all. Coming into each other. Giannis mm, getting a back-to-back ring is tough. And the fact that they still a top three seed in the East after all that, I mean. Because if he were to win another ring right now, back-to-back, then everything everyone has said about Giannis ever goes out the window. Like Back-to-back like, finals MVP too? Yes, I'm saying. Like, everything goes out the window. There's no more slander that can ever be He's uttered. clear for life. For me, like, he's already clear for life. But like, if he like wins he another chip and gets final saying, MVP, he, yeah, like if he wins another one, the, the only reason why it would like hit so hard was because it will be a back to back chip. You beat the Nets, or not? You beat the all the healthy teams. You beat all the healthy you teams. Beat, this year. Yeah, you beat all the elite healthy teams. So it's like, what can you say? And it would be nothing. And then you beat Steph. <laughs> you went and beat Steph and his crew. How they was looking all season. So, nah, yeah, for for Giannis to get a ring right now, that means he solidifies himself in a certain room that you know only some people can go in. And mm, I don't know. I got to think about that one. Giannis for another chip. I got to think about that one. I am standing firm on what I've been saying all year. I ain't folding. You might have to you might have to tune into a a, a Sawyer Portland live episode to get my next few picks because now I really got to think about this. Like, Giannis is a is a is a champion. Mm, yep. another one. Might, I've been I saying might, this all year, but if you're just now tuning into the Fast Break Lab NBA podcast, you heard it here first. I'm calling it. I'm standing firm on it, like I have been all year. Giannis back to back championships, back to back Finals MVPs. Hey man, just holla at me back at the at the at the uh at the conference finals. We'll revisit this to see if we were correct or not. Oh, for but, sure. But mm, that's a that's a tough take, bro. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's a tough take. I really don't see any other way going in the West, honestly. I mean, like Grizzlies could, could shock somebody, but like for me, the way that they've I feel like the Grizzlies could shock Steph. True. But I just feel like Steph will be on a mission that series. Yeah, and Clay is back. So with a with a Jordan Poole, that is better. Steph is gonna be on a mission that series. And like, okay, like 
I just don't see like how they shut down Steph, Jordan Poole, and Clay, like all three of them. But who shuts down Ja though? For me, it's like because I don't see Clay Thompson. As much as I respect Clay on the defensive yeah, end, Clay isn't Clay isn't doing right. He isn't doing that got, right now. I don't got him moving laterally as he's supposed to. Feel me? So yeah, Ja quick. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a good matchup for. I think they're, gonna, they're probably right going to toss Gary Payton on him. Mm, I like that one. I do. That's I their like best that perimeter defender. I do like that matchup, but you know, Ja. Ja's or they could they, they could even mix things up and like throw. Kuminga on him. I don't think did he get much playing time game one. I don't think I really saw him. Nah, that much. he didn't. Know. But like he's he's played sporadically throughout the season, and I feel like he's a pretty okay defender. Yeah, he's okay. It's, it's a matter of Steve Kerr is gonna trust him, because like I mean for that it will be more length he'll be using him for. Exactly, which can bother him because one game this year that really bothered John Morant was when they threw R.J. Barrett on him, and R.J.'s a bigger wing. Uh-huh. I remember and that game. Remember bigger that. wings will bother someone like John Morant because he can't shoot, and if you're forcing him to drive into the lane on big wings, you're going to try to force him to finish over taller defenders. It's going to take a lot out of him over a, strength, over a course of a series. So you're probably going to need, you're probably going to throw Wiggins on him probably a couple times. You're probably going to throw Jermon Green on him maybe once or twice. And then you probably throw Gary Payne on him. Maybe you throw Kuminga. So I feel like those are going to be your answers for, like, who's going who's gonna to guard him. But it's going to be a very interesting series nonetheless. Yeah, very interesting series nonetheless. I just want to see who comes out of these first rounds. Because all these first round series are kind of calm. But, you know, we'll see who the real people are in the second, in the semis and shit, who really wants it. and. uh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I just got to, I want to see how Phoenix, you know, prevails in a Western Conference against either Steph or, uh, or uh, Ja. So that's just how I feel. One of, one of those teams I feel like Phoenix could definitely beat and, and, and uh, go to the finals once again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be, these playoffs definitely, there's a lot of parity with, um, a lot of teams in the league. So it's going to be very interesting to see what, what goes on. Um, we are going to end things here. I will say as we close out, DeRozan, I think there is a quote that he said, <laughs> no way in hell I shoot six for 25 again. Mm. So. Let's let's see. Playoffs last time I heard a guy play. say this. He ain't end up shooting well for the rest of the series. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know if you remember when Kyrie he said, um, "No way I shoot whatever it is." Let me, you know, I, I want to find the quote so make sure I say. It. He says, "From this point on, I don't think you'll see another eight for twenty-two." Kyrie over in the next game, seven for twenty-two. Oh yeah, that you was say, that was against the Bucks in the playoff yep, run. That yeah. yep, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you don't yeah. ever want to say stuff Kyrie. like that because it. Always comes back to bite you. Bro, he did that three games in a row. I'm telling you, you don't say Those stuff like la- that. Those it comes back to bite three you. Games that the Celtics lost in losing that series. I remember that shit. I remember it vividly because I didn't stunk think it up. He stunk he it up. It, he did it two more games. And, for DeRozan, three. and DeRozan has a has a worse history of stinking it up in the playoffs. So yeah, if I were him, I wouldn't have said anything at all. 
We'll see. I feel like you know, we'll see. Bro, this is the rose. This is who he is, man. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them. <laughs> Heard you. <laughs> that, that's that's the one thing that I always remember. Like that's one thing that I always take with me when I'm looking at like these players and stuff. If they consistently show me who they are, I'm gonna believe them. De- Demar tried to trick everybody during the regular season, man. But I knew who he really was, and here he is. The real him. Game one in full effect. We'll see what the other games look like. We'll see. It's, it's It ain't going to be much games for him to prove prove me wrong. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> that series ending quick. Um, But, yeah, I think this is where we're going to leave things off. Um, Let the people know where they can find you, Sway. Holla at me on Instagram, Sway Reporting Live. On YouTube, Sway Reporting Live. I got, you know, podcasts, NBA podcasts as well playoffs i got one-on-one sit downs with some of your favorite uh street ballers in new york city if you guys are from new york city listening and you know some of street ballers around the corner so you know by summertime i'll be outside recording street ball games and uh reporting and analysis from the sideline so you know if you want a little something different from your podcast especially in the summer and uh right now holla at me so you're reporting live on ig and uh youtube all right, you heard that, and make sure you tune in the rest of this week. I got more episodes coming out talking about the playoffs. I'm bringing on different guests. Um, if you check me out on um, those Strickland Knicks post game shows, I'm bringing on um, one of my co hosts from there this week. I'm bringing back also some familiar guests that I've had on the podcast before, and we're just gonna be talking about NBA playoff games as you know these series develop. Um, make sure you tune into that. Um, and you know, links for everything for Sway is going to be in the description. And we out. Peace.